This is a Federal News Network podcast. The 22 defense authorization bill is finally on the fast track to passage. Some of the blockbuster provisions were left out, but there are still plenty of measures that directly affect service members and their families. For what those are, Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. And Scott, tell us uh, what did not make it into the bill and what might have been a big deal had it made it into the bill. That's right. There's two two provisions that would have really made a big deal if they made it into the bill. Uh, One is one that was championed by Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. That was one that would take serious crimes out of the chain of command. Now, there is something in the current bill that's more of a watered-down version of that. In the current bill, a special trial counsel just determines the crime if it falls under the authority of these commanders or not. It's not exactly what Senator Gillibrand had in mind. What this one does and leaves still to commanders is the ability to pick a jury, to select witnesses, grant or deny witness immunity requests. They can also allow service members of accused crimes the option to separate from the service instead of actually facing a court-martial Uh, which is, in a way, a denial of justice in her eyes. A second thing that didn't make it into the bill, which is a perennial issue, is women getting into the selective service. That was something that was put into the bill that made it through, and the conferees decided to take it out, something we'll definitely see again next year. Yeah, that was really big, especially coming after that big commission made recommendations for national and public service, and they mentioned directly that idea of a draft, since women can have every job basically now in the military, and yet they're not part of the draft should a draft be initiated in time of need. So that hasn't quite had its time yet. And what about the pay changes that are in the National Defense Authorization Act? Well, since the beginning of the NDAA, they've been marqueeing a uh, 2.7% increase for military pay. That's going to be making it into the bill. The raise is pretty much in line with the pay bumps that service members have received in recent years. They've hovered between 25 and 3%. So a nice little chunk of change for some military service members there. The bill also creates something called a basic needs allowance. Now, if you remember back in September or so, we talked about how some service members were not getting the uh, food stability that they needed because they were getting basic housing allowance, which left them out of SNAP benefits. Uh, This basic needs allowance allows service members to get a small stipend along with their pay to help them pay for food and other things like that. This authority goes to the Defense Department rather than through HHS or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see how DOD actually promulgates this further once it gets into law. One of the other things that uh, is in this bill, which is really good news for reservists, is pay parity. There's service members that are reservists that do the exact same jobs with active duty service members, but don't get the same incentive pay. Uh, This will change that and ensure that these reservists get that incentive pay for going into hazardous areas or doing overtime, things like that. So that's not a male-female pay parity, but a job-to-job by various locations pay parity. Exactly right. And getting back to that basic feed need that you mentioned a moment ago, would it be fair to say or to look at that as if service members get a basic housing allowance Now they get a basic cupboard allowance, you might say. That's right. Uh, The only difference would be that this doesn't necessarily go to all service members. At this point, it would go to members who don't receive pay equal to 130% of the federal poverty guidelines for household size and location. And then they'll get the same amount that would be designated for something like welfare for that from the Department of Health and Human Services guidelines. Then they would be eligible then for supplemental nutrition program, SNAP 
benefits. In a way, yes, but uh, more likely that they would just be getting more money from the Defense Department in lieu of those SNAP benefits since SNAP is not allowed for them because of these BHA allowances that they have to begin with. Understood. So that if a service member, just to make an absurd example, is married to a successful heart surgeon, they would not qualify because the family income would be presumably large. Right. They take the household at large uh, into account. All right. And we're speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. What about military health? Are there some provisions there? Always a hot topic. Quite a few provisions, as you'd imagine, in the world of COVID. Uh, The COVID-19 vaccine mandate is something that has made a lot of news this year with the military services. We've seen at least four of the five services come out with uh, their numbers so far since their deadlines have passed. The armies is coming up here next week. What we've seen is there's not really a lot of people that are flat out refusing. We've only seen 800 in the Air Force. Uh, the Navy hasn't had too many. They've only had a few thousand trying to get religious accommodations, and all of those have been denied. However, Congress is making it law that if you are released from the military, which is what the policy is, if you finally do continue to refuse to get this vaccine, that you can only get an honorable discharge or a general uh, discharge on honorable grounds. So uh, that's something that really the military had already said in their policy, but this just puts it into law. That second one, the general uh, discharge, could have some effects on your VA benefits if you end up with that. If you are discharged on general grounds, but with honorable conditions, You can get some VA benefits, but not as many as a full honorable discharge? That's correct. So, you know, it would depend on on the different situations and what you're trying to go for. And there's some hiring provisions in there that you mentioned also in your story. There are. uh, One more thing that I wanted just to to mention really quick about the health is that, uh, you know, the Pentagon's been working on a plan to cut thousands of military uh, billets through attrition. However, Congress has ground that plan to a halt basically over the past few years. They're continuing that, pushing it out another year and asking for a government accountability office report on the manpower needs that the Defense Department has. Another thing that's really important for military health is that they're asking for an independent review on military suicides. That's something that, uh, you know, these independent reviews get a lot of gravitas within the military and within uh, government associations. You know, this is something that we've seen go up and tick up continually over the years. All right. And on to the hiring. Right. Uh, So Congress is also requiring a second independent review, believe it or not. This one's on the recruitment and and retainment of Hispanic service members. That review stems from the racial diversity concerns that DOD had starting about a year and a half ago. And uh, finally, after piloting some direct hiring authorities, Congress is finally pulling the trigger, letting DOD permanently appoint qualified individuals with advanced degrees to scientific and laboratory positions. There's one caveat to that, and that's uh, no more than 5% of the workforce can be appointed in that manner. So the others have to go through the traditional senses of getting into those positions. And that bill has passed the House, but in a form that was already in advance agreed to by the Senate conferees? That's correct. So next, the the Senate just needs to pass it. They only need a simple majority at this point since it's already been conferenced, and then it will end up on Joe Biden's desk, presumably pretty soon, considering that the legislative year is coming to a very soon ending. Yes, hopefully the NDAA will be home for Christmas. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. 
During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. Uh, The first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, It's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin and what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, And I I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it it was, you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, Absolutely. Um, 
what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy, and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy, and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing, if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler, and to everyone listening. 
to Lessons in Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.